Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name is Sonny. I am your host. I am here with my co-host, Hawkman from the 2001 animated series Justice League. How are you doing today? That is the, the most insulting thing you have ever called me. Um, but... Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! We're not going to um, talk bad about the 2001 animated version of justice league okay uh i'm, I'm gonna be real with you i haven't seen it i i have no basis for this oh. for my comment um, oh, okay it's the best it's the best uh thing that dc has ever put out that's not a comic book ever solid take uh my exposure to the dc franchise has been uh like the michael keaton batman movies so uh i <laughs> oh. <laughs> i uh wait you haven't even seen the... Uh... I've seen... Okay, no. I've seen the Christian Bale ones. And I saw... Oh, okay. I watched um, I watched the Robert Pattinson one, too. That one actually was interesting. I, I quite like that one. It was good. But... I enjoyed it. Uh, okay. The, on that note... The Dark Knight uh... is probably actually the best thing outside of the comics. Anyway, so let's go ahead and get on... Yeah, I, I knew, I knew you were trying to like, Incredible scare me start. back on the path. I'm working. I'm working. Yeah. I mean, what... what yeah. uh, do we have? We don't Thank you for have, the direction. Like, we don't have a. We don't really have a DC Yu-Gi-Oh archetype equivalent. There's not even like really a Marvel one. Hero, maybe. Kind of. Not. No, not really. Yeah, but like uh, Marvel would be. There was like a little more like masked power. heroes or vision heroes, and then it like DC is definitely like destiny or evil hero. Anyway, okay, Yu-Gi-Oh. So, of course, <laughs> yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh. So, of course, 
welcome everybody to today's episode of the podcast. Uh, we, of course, really quickly want to thank all of our wonderful sponsors. So a huge thank you, of course, to ETB Games and Steel Fox Games for their continued support of the podcast. Their TCG player links are down below. Of course, you can also find our TCG player affiliate link, which you click before you shop to support the podcast and Cross yourself, as well as our Dragon Shield affiliate link. Same thing. Click before you shop for the accessories you already need. And, of course, we want to go ahead and plug our Tier Zero Games affiliate link which gives you 5% off and a 5% kickback to us, as well as our gem accessories link, which I believe gives you 10% off and a 3% kickback to us. So just click them before you shop and you can get discounts and things like that. Also, we are welcoming a new sponsor to the podcast. Uh, we do want to welcome Grimoire Accessories to the uh, podcast sponsorship lineup. Uh, Grimoire <laughs> Accessories is a very, very awesome. They're a very new accessory manufacturer in the Yu-Gi-Oh space. Uh, Grimoire, they mostly specialize in play mats and deck boxes, although they do have some dice that are going to be available on their website. Uh, we absolutely encourage you to check them out right now. Their website is completely sold out. They did one drop on their website so far, and it's sold out in like 72 hours. Uh, I have personally seen and felt these play mats at Nationals, and they are super nice, very high quality stuff. Uh, I personally have spoken with the founder of the company, and he has assured me that when he was picking all of the uh, materials and stuff for the mats, that there was like five or six different like levels of quality, and he went with the highest quality one that he could get because he wanted to ensure a good quality that product that would last. So, I again, it to me it feels like it when you feel the product. So. Uh, there is going to be a new release coming soon, and it's actually kind of like a limited re-release of the design that's currently on the website. So if you're wondering what colors are going to be available, uh, it'll be black and white, purple, moss, and blue and gold. So you can go on the website, you can see each of those individual colors to see if it's something that you're going to be interested in. The ones that are coming in the next like two to three-ish weeks are going to be limited release. They're going to be serialized. So the back of the playmat will have will be kind of like etched almost with a uh, 1 to 100 stamp. It'll say like Grimoire Accessories and it will say, you know, release and it'll have like whichever number playmat you got. So essentially each of the four colors will be 1 to 100 and you can go ahead and brag about which color you've got. Uh, there are still some deck boxes on the website. The one that they have online available right now is personally, I think it's very, very cool. It's a design that we don't see in the Yu-Gi-Oh space that all that often. And I think that he's done a wonderful job with what he has available. And as of right now, this isn't like a pre-order thing. It's a, when the products drop, go immediately to get them. So if I was you, the best way to do that would be to go onto Twitter at Grimoire TCG, follow them. I also retweeted them on our Twitter page recently this week. So you can go ahead and go on the Top Cut Podcast Twitter and go through there to find Grimoire. Go ahead and follow them there. Turn on notifications if you want to go ahead and know when those new products are dropping. Although I'm, I'm sure there will be an announcement ahead of time, but that way you can go ahead and prep and be ready. Um, we don't actually currently have an affiliate link yet. Um, there's some back-end stuff that needs to be solved first. Uh, I know that if you go through, um, I want to say GGYGO or DB Grinder might have actual affiliate links where you can get an actual discount on the products. We have one that will be coming soon. That will be a 5% discount for you guys and also a 5% kickback to us. Same as if you use Tier 0 games. Uh, 
I just want to say that it's a two-player cloth play mats that I want to say they all run $55 currently is the pricing. So uh, I really recommend it. Uh, personally, I feel like it's a very good quality product. Uh, Skyhawk actually has one go being sent to him so he can give his personal recommendation and review as well soon. But uh, just wanted to like inform everybody about, because I know this is not like, like Gem is a very, very large company within space. Uh, Grimoire is very much a very new company, and uh, I want to give my personal endorsement of their product because I think it is a good product. So um, thank you, of course, to Grimoire for their support of the podcast. And of course, thank you to all of our Patreons for your continued support of the podcast, of course, each and every month. It is a huge, huge thing that lets us do this podcast. And if you want that extra episode every single week, as well as your name at the end of the podcast, uh, you can get that for as little as $1 a month on our Patreon. So I love, I love the little reach back for the light. It was very, very poetic, very smooth. Well done. Yeah, of course. I, that's that's me like saying, okay, I'm done with this overly long <laughs> intro. Now. And, uh, you know, yeah, now the show. So uh, speaking of the show, let's go ahead and get right on into it. Why don't we? Uh, I, so I agree. we have some news. Yeah, that's that we have is, some news. That is what we cover on the uh, show. Is the news? <clears throat> yeah, mostly, not always, but mostly. <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and lead us on into the news? There's a couple of sets released that we'll do first, and then we'll move on into new cards after that. Yeah. So the uh, kind of the smaller announcement is that we have the name for the set coming after Phantom Nightmare. It's uh, so the next core set. Uh, post the Ubel stuff is going to be called Legacy of Destruction. We don't have any art. We know nothing about this set. We know that it's the fourth core booster set for the fiscal year of 2023. Um, this one does have quarter century secret rares, at least in the OCG. Um, presumably, uh, if we are to take the Duelist Nexus announcement at its word, this will be the last set featuring quarter century secret rares, uh, because in the Duelist Nexus announcement video for TCG, um, we they said that there was going to be in the next four sets, and that's like the next four versions of Bond Between Teacher and Students. So uh, whenever oh, we, that's true, yeah. So whenever we get Legacy of Destruction, that's likely likely to be the last set that has Quarter Century Secret Rares in it. Um, gotcha. The other funny thing about this is that obviously um, it's uh, L O L O D is like uh, what's the what's the card? A Legacy of Darkness. Uh, that's the set. Mm -hmm. So this is clearly, this is definitely calling back to that. And they do LOD sets every now and then. Light of Destruction is another one. So there's uh, there's going to be... It will be interesting. There's there's going to be some retro support in this set for sure. Like there it's, has been with every set, but... I just want to say it's Magicians of Bond and... Magicians of Bonds and Unity. Bonds and Unity. The Skyhawk Misinformation Counter just went up one. Uh, although in, in well, I, there actually is a card that was the thing that you said, but it's a completely different card. So I wanted to like be yeah. clear. It's the, uh, on. I like, wasn't trying to correct you the, so much uh, as I was just that's the spell card. You know, I think I think uh, it's, I think it's a normal spell for Dark Magician, isn't it? The one that you described as a normal spell, yes. Yeah. This is this is not. the monster. Yeah. Uh, in in yes. fairness, uh, I do not think anybody cares about this card. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll say personally. If you're a collector, I think this card is wildly underpriced at $140. It definitely does seem uh, cheap. Well, relatively. Like, relatively it's going to be like cheap. the Charmers. It's one of those cards that's going to go up forever. Right. 
Like once the whole set is out. Yeah, the Starlight Charmers definitely have done that for sure. Except for um, yeah, Alsa is pretty reasonable, but the rest of them are kind of wild. Um, Matter of time. So that's the first bit. Uh, the second bit of like TCG. So this is a this is actually TCG related news. Uh, we did get yep. an announcement of a new set. Uh, so this is going to be coming in January, uh, and I believe. Uh, we also got some delay announcements, but I haven't seen anything about specific, the specifics on that. Um, so this is Maze of Maze of Millennia. So I can I can go through the description. So uh, sure. this is this is going this exactly the same structure as the Maze of Memory set was. So it's a set full of rares and then some ultra rares uh, and also some collector's rares. Uh, or actually, do you want me to? Uh, like read off the set description and you just stop me every time I say something interesting? Yeah, go for it. Sure. Alright. Uh, Maze of Millennia rings in the new year with long with new long-thought lost cards seen in the TV series and some of today's hottest tournament-level cards coming in January 2024. From the mesmerizing power of Pegasus's Eye of Illusion to the unseen evil of Chlorless Chaos King of Dark World, you'll have your hands full with dozens of new cards that first appeared in or were inspired by the many worlds of the of Yu-Gi-Oh. Take a look at just some of the spoils that await you within this maze. Okay, so there's a couple. There are actually shockingly there are a few things to unpack here, not and not just the card announcements. So, okay. Um, Eye of Illusion is whatever. Uh, colorless, or Chlorless, rather, is colorless. It's the Dark World Fusion from the anime. Uh, it was revealed on oh, okay. Uh So we're finally getting that imported. Uh, notably, some people might be wondering why the name is not um, uh, colorless. A and that is because the uh, in the TCG, the Dark World monsters were translated to be, like, kind of warped versions of the colors. So, like, gold is, like, an extra... D, Silva, it's like a bunch of extra right. consonants. Brow is brown. Rainbow brown. is B-E-A-U-X. Yes, exactly. So, Chlorless is just how the TCG is going to do it, which I don't know if I like it very much, but if it's on theme, fair enough. Um, yeah. The more interesting thing in this paragraph is the, like, full of hands with dozens of new cards that first appeared in or were inspired by the many worlds of Yu-Gi-Oh. So, a lot of the cards in here revealed an animation chronicle over summer. This is... Yes. rather fast for us to get them historically those cards is it I, those cards tended to be locked up for more than a year and we're getting them in like seven months or so so it's definitely on like the quicker side in my opinion hmm. um but it seems like maze of memories the, the this maze style it seems like a set that is built as a way to do imports so yeah. I am curious to see if this turns into another Battles of Legends style set that where we get it quite frequently, or if you put the tinfoil hats on, maybe it's a way to start catching us up to the OCG. But, you know, just some thoughts. I would also like to say that this set aligned with where we got Ghost from the Past 1 and 2. Because uh, we got Ghost from Past 1, Ghost from Past 2, and then this year we got Maze of Memories. Mm -hmm. Uh, and now it's Maze of Millennia. So it's like they replaced the spring reprint set with these. And if you remember, we also got imports like Decode Talker Heat Soul within Ghost from the Past 2. Yep, Crystal Beast Rainbow so, Um Right. That said, uh, those... Were all were like you said they were like a year plus old at that point because Heat Soul we had been clamoring for that for years. Yes. Yep. So. Um, okay. 
Yeah. So you can keep going. The um, couple of other cards sure. listed, and then the art also reveals a few things. All right, I'll do the next paragraph. You'll need a light source to get through the maze, so start with the brand new card, Bonfire. This long-awaited spell card adds any level 4 or lower pyrotype monster from your deck to your hand. It's a must for duelists interested in the upcoming new theme from Phantom Nightmare, or any duelists lighting up their volcanic cards from Legendary Duelist Soulburning Volcano or other fiery decks. I mean, Bonfire, very important. Uh, and Bonfire is yeah, going to be important good card. for a lot of future decks, too. Um, the Dia Bellstar yeah. stuff will play it uh, if you're playing the other engine. Uh, the Fire King deck will play it. Uh, a lot of yeah, uh, the the Infernoid is going to play it. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway. All right. Uh, next we have get a two for one from your extra deck with Harmonic Synchro Fusion. This spell lets you tribute two monsters to special summon both a fusion monster they could form and a synchro monster they could form. You get both. Are you using Garura Wings of Resonant Life from the 25th Anniversary Tin Dueling Heroes? Now you can summon Garura and get a free Synchro Monster to clear the way for Garura to attack directly and do double damage. Huh. I don't know if that's I, uh, how I would use the card in Garura. I feel like it's more of a combo enabler, but... You know those old, I mean, uh, you know those old uh, tip cards from some of the Duelist packs? Where they'd be like... Yeah, that's, that's exactly what that feels like. Your combo is like Raigeki and Silverfang. That's what this seems like. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it does feel like that. So, Harmonic Synchro Fusion confirms that uh, almost all of the Earthbound cards are going to be in this set. So, again, animation powerful. Yeah. Infect your opponent's extra deck with the dark power of number one Infection Buzz King. This rank eight Xyz monster lets you peer into your opponent's extra deck and eliminate a dangerous card before it can even be played. This fiend is also easy to summon with the many level eight Horus monsters from Age of Overlord. Add in another effect that can destroy any card your opponent controls and inflict damage if you targeted a monster and the fiend uprising in the dueling world shows no signs of stopping. So That card is scary. Yeah, it's a little bit spooky, although I don't know that it's that crazy. But the biggest thing for this is actually, shoutouts to James Sumner, uh, aka Scumner on YouTube. Um, good uh, the host of T-Set Pass. This is the last number monster to to get him yeah that, as far as i'm aware i believe this is the last one so people will be after that for sure i would also like to say if this card is cheap on release just get as many copies as you can it's gonna go up eventually all right sometimes the best things in life aren't free transaction rollback is going to cost you half your life points but will duplicate any normal trapped card in either graveyard First, you get to play it from your field and, a, and copy a normal trap from your opponent's graveyard. Then you get a second charge just uh, by banishing it from your graveyard to copy a normal trap card in your own graveyard. If you just built your Labyrinth deck with the cards from the 25th Anniversary 10 Dueling Heroes, you'll want to make sure to pick up this endlessly useful trap card to go with it. Uh, this is a big deal. Transaction Rollback is a very strong card, um, obviously in Labyrinth. It's, it's, it's a way to get immense value out of the furniture cards. Uh, because getting this in a graveyard to banish at spell speed 2 to copy a trap effect that maybe you also discarded with a uh, labyrinth card is incredibly powerful. Uh, this yeah. also cheats a lot of restrictions. <laughs> so um, Yes, it does. And other decks that can play it, uh, Tier Limit 
uh, can experiment with this as well. Uh, if you want to like turbo into some normal trap floodgates, you can do this. Uh, it, it is, it, I, it's not like, I, I don't want to say its application is niche because it, it does require setup, but it's very, very strong. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, so yep. if we're looking at the uh, set structure, uh, 11 ultras, mm -hmm. 16 supers, 57 rares, one quarter century secret wear with 16 other cards being available as collectors. I, yeah, and so it's this total set size of 85 cards here. So one thing that is interesting is that it says in, in the description, they're like, um, we've got some uh, some of today's hottest tournament level cards. Uh, and they have announced none of those. Uh, we, we There are no... Not one. There are no reprint announcements in, in the release, mm -hmm. which is interesting um not only that if you look at the art for the set pack mm -hmm. they were much more careful this year than they were last year because last year on the art you guardian could actually chimera. see things like guardian chimera yep. and that i personally don't see anything notable on the art like so, i mean there's things to note but no notable reprints yeah no that's completely true so the biggest thing is that uh, we are receiving uh, some amount of flame swordsman support. Uh, I expect yeah. this is going to be exactly like Gate Guardian was in Maze of Memories, where it gets its own archetype, which actually I think is kind of fun. Uh, I, it already I'm, has one, but yeah, I'm, I'm on board. I mean, yeah, but it doesn't have like it, it has a, it in the same way that like Celtic Guardian has an archetype, where it's like it, a small amount of cards. Um, I wonder if they reprint Ferocious Flame Swordsman in this set. It, that would not shock. Don't. Me. I don't think that that card... Yeah, it does not have any reprints. Because nope. that was out of... Um, what set was that in? Duo of. It was, it was Duel Overlord. Okay. I thought it was with all the yeah. Link Brains pack Link Monsters. Um, something else of note. Uh, personally, I'm very excited about this. Uh, we have Horned Saurus uh, on the artwork of, of this. And that means that we are... That means that we are getting both that card and the Dinosaur Fusion um that allows you dinosaur to get an extra normal summon and also to just set any field spell from the deck uh so i'm very excited for that um other stuff to note that you we see the other earthbound cards uh, on the card art here um there are some cards that we don't know what they are uh most notably the flame swordsman stuff um and we do see the artwork for transact for uh uh transition rollback um there's also uh I don't remember the name of the card, but there's a Synchron card uh, import that's revealed to us. Um, mm -hmm. got the other Something that looks like a plane. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, there are a few cards here that I don't think we know what they are just yet. So, yeah. I don't like the set design of the all rare sets. Just make them all like foils. Everybody prefers those, I think. But uh, it's going to depend on it's going to depend on the reprints. It's going to depend on if the Flame Swordsman stuff is playable at all. Um, but there's lots of... Well, I mean, they're already doing better by putting a super in every pack. Oh, that's true. You're right. <laughs> you are right about that, actually. The the bar has been raised from the floor. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we took the bar. We picked it up off the floor. We dusted it off. And we set it nice and, nice and right on that bottom shelf. Mm -hmm. So... But I mean, still. That's what we got for TCG news. 
I also don't know how I feel about seven cards per pack. I feel like they're shuffling around the cards per pack so much because they're trying to like price up these packs as much as possible while still putting as little product in them as possible. So it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna keep the four and 50 price point, but we're only gonna put seven cards per pack in a pack that already inherently has less value per pack opened. So it's like, what are we doing here? You know, I, I uh, yeah, and there's also like, it makes me mad. So if you look at the ratios too, so like the number, so there's 11 ultra rares for this set. There, there are 11 ultra rares and there are 16 supers. You get at minimum a super every pack. So the concentration of supers versus the ultras is just, is really ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So I'm uh, not a fan of the ratios. Um, uh, although uh, I'm interested to see how the collector's rare thing works. Is it the same? This isn't the same that they did last year, where there was a quarter century card, and then I believe the last one it was just wasn't it just all um, collectors? Um, I actually don't remember. Because I don't. I'll be honest with you. I don't think Maze of Memories. It's been a minute. Yeah, I do not think I don't think Maze of Memories had a quarter century. So it looks like they've they've just slapped a quarter century in here. I am having a hard time remembering if I'm being honest with you. Because it is not something that I've thought about. Time to do some speedy research. And by yeah, speedy research, now, I mean yeah. TCG player. Uh, I guess while uh, Sunny is looking up the answer to that question, uh, I can get started on the uh cards that we haven't gotten nope to just yet. collectors just the collectors okay no qc yeah this is the one that had baron and excel stardust and guardian chimera okay wake up your e-hero and things like that to be fair the collector's rare decisions for that set were actually very good uh solemn so, judgment crs are 32 dollars that's actually a steal i know like the ultis are nice but the the collectors probably are pretty good although it to be honest with you, it might be worth waiting for the rarity collection to pick up a few of these, uh, because some stuff might. Uh, I think I think as as a whole, the market might shift around. But I'm also not a market man. I don't know. I would not buy anything in any high rarity right now, period, at all, uh, unless unless it's ultimate rare hero of orange light. Yeah, <laughs> that's literally exactly what I was just thinking in my head. I got you. That covered. one might be a steal. Don't worry. Um, but because if you didn't know, we talked about that in the Market Watch uh, short that we put out. Because I finally put it out uh, several days late, but I put it out. It's up. So if you're not subscribed on our YouTube, that's on you. You missed that. If you want Sonny's knowledge. Speaking of knowledge, we've got fish. Uh, <laughs> so much new. We have so many new cards to cover. It's insane. I think it's exactly twelve. Um, so we'll we'll dig through them quick. Uh, I'll start off with. Yep, we the... have four minutes to stay on schedule. All right, let's go. Okay, White Aura Porpoise uh, is the Synchro, so that's not the card we're reading. Uh, we got four new White Aura cards. So first off, we've got a uh, White Mambo, uh, or possibly White Sunfish. The TCG, we don't know. Uh, level four Water Fish, twelve hundred attack, a thousand defense. Uh, first effect is once per turn. One. If this card is in your hand, you can target one level 4 or lower fish monster in your graveyard with the same name as a card you control. Special summon this card, and if you do, special summon that monster. 2. If this card is special summoned from the graveyard, you can treat it as a tuner this turn. It's a good fish. It's pretty solid. 
We are teaching the fish to synchro summon. Mm -hmm. Next, we have White Sardine, level two water fish effect monster. Goes great on pizza. Uh, attack 800, <laughs> defense zero. You can only use the first effect of this card's name once per turn. One, you can send one White Sardine from your deck to the graveyard special on this card from your hand. Also, you can ask special summon monsters from your extract or assist except water monsters too. If this card is special summon from the graveyard, you can treat it as a tuner this turn. This card seems really good. Yep, uh, I mean, White Sardine and White Mambo is just like a straight two-card combo, right? You just go... White Sardine is a one is like a starter for Sprite where you don't need to use your normal summon. You just go... Well, it locks you in the water from the extra deck after, so I don't know about that. Um, Never mind, I'm stupid. You're right. You're uh, literally just <laughs> objectively correct. Sunny, information, sunny misinformation counter plus one. The, the misinformation count this episode is not great. Uh, and also, sardines are not good on pizza. <laughs> Uh, I, I refuse to believe that is true. You're actually uh, correct. Misinformation countered it too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad it's less divisive than pineapple. Uh, uh, I love pineapple. I, I do love pineapple on pizza. I'm with you there. As a Canadian, yeah, it would okay. be blasphemous if I didn't. Um, next sure. up, we've got a Synchro uh, 6. So we've got a White Aura Porpoise. And I love the name. You said I, we weren't reading this. I love the art. Uh, no, so it, it, on YGorg, like the image is like the text of White Aura Porpoise. So I was like, wait, that's the wrong order. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> that's that's where we are today. Okay, folks. go ahead. Uh, it's a level six waterfish synchro, and I got to say, I love the art. It's just got like a smug smile. It's so funny. The White Aura cards. It's are pretty sick. Really cool. Anyways, uh, level six waterfish synchro, uh, two thousand attack, thirteen hundred defense. It requires a water tuner and then one or more non tuners. Uh, first effect is once per turn. Uh, second one is not. Uh, so one, if this card is synchro summoned, you can special summon a level four or lower fish monster from your hand or graveyard in defense position. Then you can special summon one monster with the same name from your graveyard. Uh, this card is an unbelievable setup tool. It's it, These cards read very strong. It's just that they're not going to be played in decks that are very strong. Uh, but they're, it's, they're, they're really cool setup tools. So somebody will do something with them. Two. If this card you control is destroyed by your opponent and sent to the graveyard, uh, you can banish one other water monster from your graveyard, special summon this card, and if you do, it's treated as a tuner. I believe all of the white aura synchros have an effect similar to that. Uh, so, yeah, it's good. Yep, for sure. Next, we have White Reincarnation. Continuous spell card. You can only like one card with this card's name per turn. One. When this card resolves, you can add one fish monster that has an effect to treat itself as a tuner from your deck to your hand. That is a really specific searcher. It is. Two. Once per turn, if your white aura monster attacked at the end of the damage step, you can have it make a second attack in a row. Three. Once per turn, if a level eight or higher fish synchro monster monsters, especially from your graveyard, even during the damage step, you can destroy all monsters your opponent controls. Very on brand. Yep. Uh, it's a good card. It fits with the gimmick of the white auras. You can also cheese it out. Uh, Rhoda is good. Shockingly, the pool that this searches, there are actually more targets than you would think. Uh, there are some like weird old fish tuners you can get. Most of them are bad. Uh, but there, it's there's. I think there's like ten or twelve cards you can get with this. Uh, I looked into it because I like fish. That is a shocking amount. That's, I told you, it's like it's 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 like the the nickel meme. Like if I had a nickel for every time this happened, I'd only have like like forty cents. But it's shocking that I have that much money. Um, yeah, I'd only have eight nickels, but it's 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 shocking that it's that high. Uh, speaking of uh, nickels, uh, I don't have a pun for this. Uh, there's Infernoid cards. Uh, <laughs> that is not where I thought we were going next. All right, so uh, uh, I actually want to read 
uh, some of these because this is the only thing that I've done yes. any research on. Go for it. All you in a long I'll time. I'll take the I'll take the ice barriers. Sick. I'm cool with that. I don't know a single ice barrier card or what they do. Cool. All right. Uh, actually, I know a few of them. I know like Brianic. And <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, I know what. Uh, you can guess why. I know what Gungnir does in Dulorin. <laughs> now Gungnir, I don't know, and Dulorin, something with a field spell. <laughs> think anyway so let's talk about infernoid evil level one fire fiend fusion effect monster 1100 attack 1100 defense materials two infernoid monsters you can only see first and second effect of this card's name each once per turn one if this card is fusion summoned you can banish one infernoid monster from your graveyard send infernoid monsters with different names from each other uh different names from each other from your deck to the graveyard equal to the banished monsters level two if this card is sent to the graveyard or banished you can add one void spell trap card from your deck to your hand this card is interesting it's not as good as some people might initially think but it's also not absolute dog water it's not bad um it, you would think that being able to mill like eight or ten or eleven infernoids from your deck to your grave would be broken because they're the infernoids are like all different levels but as it turns out most of the ones you play are like level one or level 10 and there's not really a lot of good ones on the in-between levels there's one that's like level five that's like fine yeah but the what? issue is that you're only playing like three or four names so you're not milling any of your you're not doing any of your tens because you don't have 10 different names to mill because the other ones are not worth playing so really you're doing like a level one and then you're only milling one card so it's like fine i guess but the really broken thing is the second effect where if it's sent to your graveyard or banished you can add a void spell trap so essentially this gives you a way to consistently search your void spell traps on turn zero because this also gives you a reason now to play void banishment banishment yep banishment is the card you are thinking of the one that's like some people play it some but most most infernoid players don't play it's it the continuous because spell, it's not right uh, the one uh it's like ah uh, man i i don't i'll be honest i didn't remember it's been four days ago when i tried learning all this so i don't remember exactly which one it is but there's yeah. one that most of them don't play although it reads broken it's like shadal fusion that it lets you fuse from the deck yes but like only on certain conditions or something but this card basically gives you a reason to play because you can do this and then go into like link Rebo or something because level one yeah. uh, I, I think something on, like that if there's, I'm not mistaken. i think honestly there's a universe where infernoid players just decide that they're never summoning this card and they're just going to find ways to bin it from the extra deck uh yeah that's like, that's the more realistic answer honestly like uh because like this the fact that this goes to is like more copies of void feast is is very strong because that card is is truly powerful um i mean there's some of them that are playing like a nadir servant package and just playing yep. like low to the floor activate nadir servant send this card go get feast um seems pretty legit or go get imagination um yeah definitely strong mm-hmm Next, we have Infernoid Flood. This is a level four fire fiend link monster. 3,000 attack. Link arrows are straight up and then straight down, bottom left and bottom right. Materials is two plus monsters, including an Infernoid monster. Very good. It's not generic. We'd love to see it. You can only use the first, second, and third effect of this card's name each once per turn, so it's a hard one per turn on everything. One, 
If your opponent would special summon a monster or monsters, quick effect. You can tribute one monster, that's cost, negate the summon, and if you do, banish those monster monsters. Um, that's obviously very good, but this also gives them a summon negate, which I don't think Infernoid had a special summon negate before. Like, it's got different kinds of things that it can do with other ones. Like, one is like a monster negate or sort of yep. maybe like a so, spell trap negate or something like that's, that. That's uh, the and big ones is... are uh, Deviati and Atondal. And uh, they do tribute a monster to negate a spell trap uh, or tribute a monster to negate yeah. a monster effect. Yeah, so this gives them a like a boss monster that that's not like a main deck monster that lets them do summons, which is something they didn't have before. Two, if a card or cards is banished from your graveyard, you can banish one card on the field. That actually is probably the best effect on this card. Uh, it's really good. The only issue is there's not a great way to consistently proc it on your opponent's turn as an interruption. Three, if this Link Summoned card in its owner's control is destroyed by your opponent, you can special summon one Infernoid monster from your deck, ignoring its summoning conditions also could be the most broken effect. Again, there's just not really like a consistent way to proc it. Uh, um, this reminds me a lot of the Thunder Dragon Link, to be honest with you. I think this card is good, but I feel like in a lot of Infernoid decks, it's like generating the bodies to make this feels like it's not very worth it. It depends on mm -hmm. where we end up, but it does seem a little bit win more. But I'm curious to see. Like, the, honestly, like, the, the summon negate is really good. Uh, the fact that it gets two at the same time, like, just monsters is nice. But it seems, yeah. it seems like an investment. So, I don't know if it'll pay off. It is, yeah. Next, we have Void Blaze Up. Normal spell card. You can only use the second effect of this card's name once per duel. One, reveal one Infernoid monster or one Void Spell Trap card in your hand. Discard your entire hand, then draw the same number of cards you discarded. That is not once per turn or once per duel. So, in theory, you could do it, play this card multiple times, go pretty deep into your deck... Uh, and a lot of times it, you get to unclog your hand of all the infernoids that are there, which feels good. But I don't know that it's necessarily good enough because I don't know that it's consistent enough to really use. Two, if you control no monsters or all monsters you control are fiend monsters and this card is in your graveyard, except the turn it was sent there, you can banish it, then target up to 11 of your banished infernoid monsters to different names or return them to the graveyard. This effect is also nearly useless because you don't really have 11 Infernoid monsters with different names that are worth playing. So, okay. Uh, I think this card is nuts. Uh, the first effect... Uh, so, a part of the reason that people have determined that card destruction is bad, right, is because it also discards your opponent's cards. So, you're going minus one to possibly plus your opponent to infinity and give them a new hand. This just kind of bypasses that. This just says, okay, you can just put four cards in your hand in the graveyard if you want, and then draw the draw more, right? And like the fact that it's it's not once per turn, like you you can like dig for more gas if you want. It's kind of a mulligan in a way that also gets you your resources in grave. I don't. And to be honest, the second effect says target up to eleven of your banished infernoid monsters. So you don't have to uh, target true. eleven. You can just target four or five or even two or three. That recovery effect is unbelievable. That's like any deck would dream of that. 
like being able to be like True. oh all this stuff that all these infernoids that i banished for my big guys but they're back and the fact that it's up to 11 means even like your turns that are all gas you get even more gas on the way back so i think this card is crazy but it like the first effect is definitely like weird so i think people have to figure out if if this is the way to go and it's like there are probably hands that you open with this where it's really not good at all so i i don't know i can see the argument i think the potential brickiness of this card is kind of where you end up with like sometimes rather than just like discarding and digging sometimes you would just ra rather activate one of your void spell cards and just play right uh, so i don't know that this card is necessarily worth playing i think that the second effect now that you say up to 11 is kind of crazy but because you're right i just missed that uh, but regardless this is this is one of those cards that it reads broken but when you really think about it in context of the deck itself i don't know that it's a three of if it's played you know what i mean like as crazy as that sounds it's well, like wing requital like that that card reads broken but it's never seen play yeah it is interesting that like pot of greed is like unconditionally a card that you play and then conditional cards mm -hmm. that dig you through your deck are like mm, i don't know like for if you want a card that is very comparable to this actually um perform a pal popper up is a card that has existed in the game for a long time this is essentially in archetype perform a pal popper up that offers other benefits right in a deck like infernoid it's probably good but popper up as a generic draw spell has essentially seen zero play so I think yeah. you're right that this is not as good as it reads, but I also don't think it's bad. I think you should be considering it. That's fair. And the last card we have here is a Void Barrier. Continuous spell card. You can only use the second effect of this card's name once per turn. One Infernoid monsters you control gain 100 attack for each of your banished Infernoid monsters. Sure. Two, if you control no monsters or all monsters you control are fiend monsters, you can activate one of these effects. One, add one of your banished Infernoid monsters to your hand. Or... Special summon one Infernoid monster from your hand, ignoring its summoning conditions, and this is insane. It's 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 like an anti. This is the better one of the two spell cards. Yeah, like um, recycling any of your uh, banished Infernoids is really good. The fact that you can still control fiends means that there are some like hybrid builds you could consider. But this just like unbricks your hand, like. It means you can mm -hmm. play other normal summons. It's also searchable. It gets you your big guys right away. So if you have like this in a big guy, you can get a big guy out like the monster effect negate. I believe it's, it's, and I think I was wrong about a Tomdal. I, I believe it's Deviati and Systamus, uh, that are the big ones. Um, uh, misinformation counter me probably like three times on the Infernoid stuff, but like being able to get a big guy out to protect your place from hand traps uh, for high roll hands is very strong. If you ever want the actual like information on Infernoids, I recommend checking out the Legacy Crusaders YouTube channel. It, uh, yeah, Benji does a way better job with Infernoid stuff. That's where I got all my information from. I just called him and I was like, please explain Infernoids. So I feel like he's I, the pro. I feel like I remember him. He's played that deck for a long time. Uh, Forever, that was like, yeah. That was and like he'll any deck with like a graveyard engine, he'll just splash in with Infernoids, <laughs> and it, it, it always works. It's like a deck that shows up like once every like three years, and somebody tops a YCS with it because it's DD Crow is given yeah. a format, and the entire deck is DD Crow. Um, yeah, 
anyway. The other anime deck that, or, or not anime, a dual terminal uh, deck that we got uh, support for yeah. was Ice Barrier. Um, so we got a we got a brand new Ice Barrier Synchro. It's level ten. Uh, so this isn't any of the previous ones. This is a new one. Um, so this is Lancia, Dragonic Ancestor of the Ice Spirit Mountain. Uh, cool name. <laughs> level ten Water Dragon Very. Synchro. Thirty-three hundred attack, twenty-seven hundred. It's large. Uh, you can only it's a water tuner and then one or more non-tuners uh, so it's not like trish you can make it with just two monsters if you want uh you can only use the first effect of this card's name once per turn or up to twice per turn sorry so twice per turn twice per turn once per chain if your opponent special summons a monster or monsters you can special summon an ice barrier monster from your hand deck extra deck or graveyard then you can change one opponent's attack position monster to defense position two if this face-up synchro summon card in its owner's control leaves the field by your opponent's effect you can special summon one Ice Barrier Synchro monster from your extra deck. This is treated as a Synchro Summon. Uh, you can summon some very disgusting floodgates from the deck with this card. Uh, the Ice Barrier archetype is full of a lot of very bad monsters with very silly effects if you control more than one Ice Barrier. <laughs> so... I hate that. That's I hate that. That's so true. It's so, and the fact that it's twice per turn means that your opponent activates a thing. Here's one floodgate. Want to activate another thing? Haha, <laughs> here's another. So, I mean, to be fair, you also have to play them. So, it's like, yeah, it's like, I don't know, it's like playing Fossil Dynamite and Valence. You don't want to draw it, but like, it's part of the payoff. Um, yeah. Next up, so we have four cards, just like the Infernoids. I believe all of the uh, dual server archetypes are getting four cards each. Uh, so we got Georgius, Swordsman of the Ice Barrier. And the artwork is cool. Uh, Golden Nova has an interesting bit about the lore. Um, uh, this is actually like a crossover between Mist Valley and uh, an Ice Barrier, which is cool. Uh, level 6 Winged that Beast. That is cool. Level 6 Water Winged Beast Tuner Effect. That's 2,000 attack, 1,200. Uh, uh, you can only use the first and second effect once per turn. One, if you control an Ice Barrier monster, you can special summon this card from your hand and defense position. Two. If this card is normal or special summoned, you can special summon one level 5 or lower Ice Barrier from your hand or graveyard. 3. Monsters in your opponent's graveyard cannot activate their effects while you control another Ice Barrier monster. <laughs> I knew that would get you. Uh, this card is... Why do they just keep making them floodgates? Why do they just keep yeah. doing that? This, Why? So I will say, this card is just on its face. This card is unbelievable. A low key, some of the cards in the Ice Barrier structure deck are actually pretty sick. Uh, it's just that the deck couldn't quite do enough at the time it was released. Uh, this card is unbelievable. If you have an Ice Barrier on field and in Graveyard, you get this guy, both of them back. Uh, and also, uh, it, it's Dweller. It's so, And also, the Synchro can go get Dweller from the deck. <laughs> Dude, I... Very fun. <laughs> Ridiculous. Next on the list. Uh, we've got uh, Mirror Magic Master of the Ice Barrier. Uh, this is a level 2 Aqua Tuner effect. 1,000 attack, 100 defense. Each effect once per turn. <clears throat> 1. You contribute one other effect monster. Special summon up to three Ice Barrier tokens. <laughs> Aqua Water level 1. Because that's <laughs> safe. Attack 0, defense 0. And if you do, increase this card's level by the number summoned. Also... You cannot special summon monsters from the extra deck for the rest of this turn, except for water synchro monsters. Notably, that's still a decent pool, but this card is not a Roradon. But there are some stuff. There is some stuff you can do with it. Two, 
if this card is sent to the graveyard, you can add one of your Ice Barrier cards that is banished or in your deck to your hand, except Mirror Magic of the Ice Barrier. So uh, this card is like, these cards read crazy. I mean, like, the Synchro is silly, the level 6 is an insane extender and an Endboard piece, and this card adds any of your Ice Barrier cards and is also in Archetype Aurorodon. Um, so they're... In Archetype Aurorodon. Yeah, it's... it's I don't, I don't know of a good way to say that, but... It's Auroradon, kind of. Um, their last card, and the art on this card is beautiful, uh, it's Prior of the Ice Barrier, kind of staring out at the, at the Icy Mountains. Um, this is called Frozen Domains Leading to the Ice Barrier. Continuous Trap. You can only use the second effect of this card's name each one per turn. One, your opponent cannot activate cards or effects in response to the activation of your Ice Barrier monster's effects. It's uh, uh, Altergeist... Um, What's the name of the card? The Continuous Trap. It's not Personal Spoofing, it's the other one. Uh, not Manifestation. Uh, manifest... Because uh, Manifestation is the Revive Trap. Uh, I could not tell you. It's the it's the Ultra Ice card. Uh, two. If a monster or monsters is special summoned from the extra deck, you can return one Ice Barrier monster you control to the hand or deck. Then you can place one card on the field or on the graveyard on the bottom of the deck. Uh, Revitalization? No. I don't remember what the card is called. Protocol. Protocol. Yes, Protocol. You are right. I can't believe I couldn't pick that up. My apologies to Douglas Z. I had to look it up. Don't look at me. Um, so don't think, don't think that that was impressive that I got that much. Yeah. This, so this disruption is actually very unique. Um, return an Ice Barrier Monster you control to the hand or deck. Then you can place one card on the field or in the graveyard on the bottom of the deck. <laughs> so this does not target... Uh, it doesn't even send. It just it's just gone. Uh, so that's very strong. Once returned during your end phase, reveal three ice barrier monsters with different names in your extra deck, or destroy this card. Presumably, this is they're like this is a pretty strong searchable trap. You better have a lot of ice barrier synchros in your extra <laughs> deck, or you can't play this. Right. Um, these cards are all crazy. Uh, I cannot say yep. that they will make ice barrier playable, but I you will have to think about this because these are very good cards. You know what it does make playable? Mm -hmm. Some kind of a, an ice barrier, ice jade overlap where you're playing ice jade ran azurine. How do you pronounce that card? Is it a agarin or azurine? I am not going to attempt to do that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, that's... Fair enough. I'm going to go ask the expert in our server, one of our moderators. True. Shout outs to Mirren. Uh, they, they know what's up. Absolutely. Uh, so, we did have a debate topic, but what do you think in time-wise? Because we're at like... All right. Well, we'll let the viewers decide. So, tomorrow, you let us know right now when you get to this part of the podcast. Comment... And let us know, do you want us to do the debate or do you want us to do the two Horus cards that we have? Oh, I forgot about that. We have exactly 10 minutes left. I forgot about the Horus cards. I think that's probably the play. I think it's the Horus cards. All right, we're going to do the Horus cards super fast. Dad came back with the milk. Uh, so that's what it says in the tagline for this. <laughs> for these cards all right <laughs> so these are I, I think everything we've read off today is photon night or uh, phantom nightmare the set with um, the u bell support 
No. But... So no. The um. No, you're right. The infernoid and ice barrier uh, stuff is in the dual terminal the one fish. or whatever it is. Yeah. The fish are from Phantom Nightmare. That's right. All right. Uh, first, we have Horus, the Black Flame Deity. This is a Fire Dragon effect monster, level 8, 3,000 attack, 1,800 defense. You can only use the first and second effect of this card's name each once per turn. One, if you control a Horus monster and King's Sarcophagus, you can reveal this card in your hand and send one card from your hand or field to the graveyard. Send one card from the field to the graveyard. It's kind That's of el it's kind of Elvich, yeah. Weird. Two, if a face-up King Sarcophagus and or Horus monster other than Horus the Black Flame Deity, you control leaves the field by an opponent's card effect. You special one this card from your hand, then send it to all other monsters on the field of the graveyard. It's fine, I guess. Yeah, uh, I think I think this card is really good. Um, but it's obviously locked into its own thing. Like, I think it's very strong. The, the next card is kind of what breaks it. Uh, the field spell, okay. which shockingly is, is, is the thing. I totally forgot about these, and it's actually relevant. I can't believe I missed it. Uh, so this yeah. is Stone Wall of the Imperial Tombs. It is a field spell. You can only use the second effect of this card's name once per turn. This card's name becomes King's Sarcophagus while it's in the field zone. Hence of course the it does. condition, yeah. During your main phase, you can add one Horus monster from your deck to your hand, then place one card from your hand on the bottom of the deck. So it just adds any Horus, including this guy who needs King's Sarcophagus to make the most of its effect. And then, if you activate the effect of Horus the Black Flame Deity, draw one card. So what I'm hearing is... <laughs> uh, uh, we have a new card for Dragon Link to abuse. Uh, that's probably true, honestly. That's probably correct. Uh, cool. Being a level 8. This that... is another reason for... Uh, this is a reason for the Dragon Link deck to play Ancient Fairy Dragon, if we're being honest here. It's like a free dragon extender that's also removal that also lets you cycle like your field spells. Seems like it yeah. would be worth considering, honestly. And it also means that um, yeah. Harbinger's a lot easier to access too if you're playing Levianir. Yeah. And also, this guy is a level 8, so um, that's the opponent's card effect. So he's kind of not easy to summon. But it's it, it reminds me a lot of like the Albion within the Branded deck. And they're mm. just like, I'm just going to cycle. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Seems like so. it's doable. <sighs> All right. We have seven minutes. Do you think we can knock out the entire debate in seven minutes? Uh, we could. All right. The point is, Skyhawk doesn't actually believe that there is, like, mid-range control and combo in Yu-Gi-Oh. He thinks that it's just, like, one big amalgamation pile. I disagree. I think that you can pretty I, clearly I define a deck by them. Uh but the key is you don't define it by the archetype you define it by the build of the deck and while i understand that a three or four card difference in a deck list might not be like a compelling reason to shift it from one category to the next i, I do believe that you can completely change the profile of a deck based on the build for example you have you had the like the original synchro combo eldritch and then you had the control stun eldritch and then you had the mid-rangey uh, version of Eldlich, which was Link Eldlich. So I, but, I think that almost any deck can on on can be put anywhere on like a spectrum with those. Uh, there are exceptions, but I think generally, I it, it, how you build the deck and how you intend on playing it dictates what the deck is. So the Eldlich example did have me thinking about it a little bit, but I still think you're wrong. Um, if we look at, I think 
the problem with Eldritch is that I think when Eldritch came out, that was like the turning point, I guess. If we look at like, let's look at decks like pre that era, right? It was very much easier to define them, I think. Spiral, like obviously Wombo Combo. True Draco, very obviously Control. Uh, I think as card design has progressed, especially in the last years, uh, since uh, Dual Overload with Halka Fibrax and the way that the game has progressed since uh, since then and the end of the and the changing of the master rules n the vast majority of relevant decks since that time have not fit into a specific category um runic for example uh i don't know where you put runic uh, there's lots of different builds of runic depends on the build there's that's the, the beauty runic. Uh, no but the problem is that those even the builds that are built to do one of those specific things can pivot on a dime and do the other things uh, runic can instantly change False. its win condition. Okay, Runic for Hire. Runic for Hire is a deck that can instantly change its win condition from Wombo Combo to... The, well, I'm playing a control deck now and I'm decking you out. Uh, it trap That tricks. deck was never Wombo Combo. Uh, that's just that deck true. has always been a control style of gameplay. Dude, that I, deck's I, not going to OTK you, bro. I do not see how you can look at a for Hire Runic Sprite turn one and not call it a, like a combo deck right and this is my problem because is that it's managing its resource it's, loop it's managing the resource loop after taking like 50 actions turn one so i think the problem is that like we attribute it's fair to say that like we attribute combo to like number of actions so a long turn doesn't necessarily mean a style of game plan but in this case i think it actually does um no so i disagree i, I can give you a rock solid reason why Okay, let's hear it. Because the game plan in a combo deck is to build an imposing end board that has lots of interactions what would you, what would as you call... far as <laughs> Drytron combo. What would, what would you call what would you call the runic for higher sprite end board? Would you what would control. you control? That's unbelievable. Nope. That's I completely. Your disagree. end board is having the field spell, and all of your interruptions are one for ones in your hand that you have to sm uh, smartly use to control. Sorry, what? Uh, Rafal, red, and carrot. Uh, You're just drawing like, cards. That doesn't even count. That's, that's not interruption. Those aren't interruptions. I, the the monster no, negates the spell cards. trap negate. That's all the fur hire engine Rafal. does is let you draw that's, seven cards. The, the draw the fur hire engine literally puts up an omni negate. And the, the control. <laughs> No, I just, I, I completely disagree with you. Uh, if you look at um, two decks that I think exemplify this point perfectly are Altergeist and Trap Tricks. Oh, at mid-range then. I, but it's not mid-range though. The board it puts up is a combo board because of the amount of actions that it takes and the amount of monsters that it cycles through. Uh, but the problem is that- I don't think actions are relevant. You can set, I disagree entirely. Like, if, would you, I don't agree with that because if you take Infernity, right? Infernity takes a billion actions and it ends on a bunch of trap cards, right? Like the goal of those Infer the Infernity deck is to set like three break into barrier. That's like, do you call that a control deck at that point or is it a combo deck? Like if you end just up because they're trap cards doesn't mean it's control. If you end just up like the... be just because Runic doesn't have any trap cards doesn't mean it can't be control. I'm not saying Runic can't be control. I'm saying that it's like all three of the deck types at once, just like most of the decks that we have gotten. Like there were like. It's less that builds of decks are built to fit into one of those three categories. It's that almost any deck right now can pivot to any of those modes. So it's not that we have, I don't think we have 
combo decks and control decks and mid-range decks for the most part anymore. I think we have decks that can do all of those game plans in their own engine, and that's increasingly true. The only deck right now that I think you could say is a true combo deck that's being played is Monadium. And honestly, a lot of the Monadium decks are starting to look real mid-range with the amount of like non-engine that they're playing in the decks. A lot of them are cutting stuff like Trid, a lot of them are doing lots of other stuff. Um, so Trap Tricks okay, and How do you define combo control mid-range? The problem is that I don't think those terms work for Yu-Gi-Oh! Those are Magic the Gathering terms that we tried to port over, and it doesn't work in a game that ends in two turns. Like, combo... You just assigned Monadium as combo, but said it can also be mid-rangey. You just provided a distinction within the deck. Like, that's my issue. The like, deck you, you does, are... The deck does by both definition, things. The deck like, does both things. Like, the point is that the deck is doing both. Like, whether there are small differences in the build, like whether you play one trade or two, maybe you're leaning one direction or the other, but it's still a wombo combo deck that has mid-range recovery, right? Almost all decks right now, whatever part of the spectrum they end up on, have mid-range recovery now. So the distinctions between the decks are meaningless. The other piece of this is that when games only last two turns, honestly, the playstyle is completely irrelevant. The only effective way to describe decks is by what they actually do is like the descriptions of the actual cards that they aim to end on on their first turn right so i don't think it's useful to call a deck like Altergeist control i think it's useful to say hey they end on the new link four monster that does this and the hextia that does this and also the protocol that prevents you from responding to these effects or prevents them from being negated uh Altergeist... my issue with that though is that if you say it's ending on these if they're playing a different style of Altergeist, it's not ending on those. It might just be ending on five back row. It's a worse style, probably, right? I, notably. But the issue is that the deck can be played as a combo deck, like you're describing, or it can be played as a control deck, which was its original intention. Trap Tricks is, like you said, is the same way. It's just about how the deck is built. Decks I, are built with intention, and there is an intention of a certain play style. Just because a mid-range deck can go over the top, right? Or just because a control deck can, you know, establish its resource loop or kill, right? Just because a combo deck can play low to the ground doesn't change what they were built to do. I it just changes the situation that you were in. <laughs> I completely disagree with that framing. Uh, I just think that's, like, unbelievably inaccurate. The... Um... <clears throat> I think we're both being honest here. There's a gray area that neither of us are acknowledging, <laughs> but like, I I'm gonna be real with you. I do not think there is a gray area. I'm I'm actually like I'm I'm pretty hardline here. I don't think I don't think it is useful or productive to in the modern time of Yu-Gi-Oh be describing decks that way. It, notably, you'll note that I did not include stun in the list of decks, and that's because I do think you can class quantify stun. Uh, the problem is that with a lot of the decks that people traditionally consider to be control or mid-range, post-board, they effectively become stun decks. So I, 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 think, I think you can differentiate between stun, but I think increasingly combo control and mid-range are not useful terms. And that is my position. Yeah. Um, Nerd Factor had a, a quote retweet of yours that you brought up to, to me be before the yeah, show. To be fair, this is... I'd, this is a fair interpretation. I like. I'm not saying I'm the only yeah. person who can be right about this. I think. I think if you. I think Quantal is about as close as you. Or not Quantal. Uh, Nerd factor. Nerd is, factor is about as close as you can get. Uh, I think this is a fair view. I don't think I agree with it completely, but it is a good chart. 
I would like to put this chart like right on screen right now so that everybody can see it in the YouTube video. If you can't, I can if you're that. not watching our YouTube videos, you should at NerdFactorYGO on Twitter. <laughs> you should go look that up. Sorry for calling you Quantum. Um, <laughs> oof. I will go ahead and uh, just read your tweet though. Uh, regrettably, I will join the discourse, which this is like a what Yu-Gi-Oh takes will have you like this and royal oppression. Uh, Regrettably, I will join the discourse. Control, mid-range, and combo are completely meaningless terms in modern Yu-Gi-Oh. Decks now are almost all designed to have mid-range style recovery, and when games end in two to three turns, the style distinction is irrelevant. And you then elaborated, for example, I've asked a bunch of people what they think Altergeist is right now, and I've gotten all three answers. I think we're at the point where it just makes more sense to define playstyle by archetype and not by overarching terms that blend together far too often. Yes, that is... I that is my position. <laughs> I just... I see what you're saying. Sure, I do. Mm -hmm. I understand why you have the stance that you have. I just disagree because I don't think it's definable by archetype or by the way that modern Yu-Gi-Oh is played. I really think it's almost entirely defined by the way that the deck is built by that player with 10,000 plus cards and infinite ways to build a deck on any given way. I don't think that it's productive to try to stick one archetype in any kind of a play style or a box. You can even look at sword soul. You can play sword soul without 10 and it's just like a low to the ground like really it's not even mid-rangey it's definitely not combo but it's also not control it's not any of them it just doesn't fit anywhere in there it's just bad <laughs> but <laughs> if you're playing the tenue package right it's just mid-range can it go over the top sure but it's mid-range right it's because that's the way the deck is designed to play i think i think the way is, it was built i think it is, i think it is better to just say that it's played the 10 package though because it's like doing a specific thing that the 10 package is aiming to accomplish if you just say like like if you look if you look at the format right now like i think a lot of people would say that the majority of decks being played right now are mid-range what does that mm. mean if all the decks are mid-range it's a meaningless distinction right so i no, it just means that the entire format is mid-rangey okay i don't agree with that uh I like it's complicated. I, I think if you are at when everything blends together, I don't think it is useful to use those terms anymore. I think I think we are still trying to graft some sense of what it is out. To, from other card games onto Yu-Gi-Oh! and it doesn't line up exactly how we want it to. And I think it would be better if we didn't try to use them. One thing I will say is that um, something that Nerd Factor pointed out that I didn't consider is there are like categories of decks you definitely can define in Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, OTK, for example, Blind Second. Uh, I didn't even consider that. Sure. Totally correct that you can, like, in my opinion, it's totally right that you can classify that. FTK as well. Sure. Uh, and Stun. I just don't agree with the other three. Can I give you... So you think it's more definable by archetype than by playstyle? 
Yeah, because when the goal of almost every deck that has been designed from probably 2019 to now is to do something turn one and end the game on turn three. Yes or no? No. Okay, well, you're wrong. <laughs> like, can you name... Okay, the only the only decks that I can think of that where that is not the explicit goal is like most runic builds and maybe labyrinth but honestly labyrinth is also built to try to capitalize on like putting damage out right like what other decks fit a category of making a game last longer than that making a game last longer than three turns well my first instinct was to say labyrinth but you've already uh, done the the argument bit where you take an opponent's argument before they have a chance to use it and use and refute them before they have a chance to say their argument. I'm a huge uh, fan of fallacies. Which is a great debate tactic. <laughs> it's it's not a okay, fallacy. So it's a, just a really good debate tactic. To be fair, uh, Mystic Mind would also be an example, but I think that falls under stun and less under control. Like actually, there is maybe one example, uh, Sky Striker. Um, to be completely, I thought fair. about Sky Striker, but Sky Striker has evolved. It's not a pure control strat. It can be built as a control strat. Yeah. So there's but merit. I mean, there's there is. If I'm thinking about it in those terms, there's merit to your point that uh, you can shift where it exists on the big mushy pile based on what cards you put into it. I think that actually is fair. Um, I don't know that I agree that it's enough for me to be like, yeah, these turns are useful. I feel like it's just, it's just a format bit, right? I don't think, I think it is better to just say that this deck is playing like Dimensional Barrier or it's playing Floodgates out of the side or it's uh, siding into Board Breaker so that it's more aggressive, right? Like, I don't know I that. I think that there are definite decks that you can define by archetype as this and not this a hundred percent of the time and you can say the way that this deck is played is a hundred percent dependent on how you build the deck a hundred percent of the time i can get on board with the and your favorite one. deck is a great example of why i cannot i cannot get on board with the uh, I cannot get on board with the first sentence, but I'm with you in the second. Uh, no, Fluffle is either an OTK deck or a combo deck. Fluffle is not mid-rangey, and it's not control. It's either OTK or it's combo. So That's it. This is where I think the piece is missing. That that you're not you're not picking up from the argument. All of the combo decks now have built-in ways to do mid-range levels of recovery. And when you can do that, I think it makes combo meaningless as like a distinction. Drytron, for example, you, their recovery is having a ritual monster in hand, right? Like, the, the whole point of something that's mid-range is that it pulls its recovery, right? It's like the big turn three push, right? Every deck in the game does that now. And when every deck in the game does that, it makes a lot of the other categories kind of meaningless. Like, there's the argument that exists has existed forever that like combo and control are essentially the same thing because the goal is to like end on a board and stop your opponent from doing stuff 
mid-range decks are also doing the same thing. It's to end on a board that doesn't die and then kill your opponent. When all three of those main style of decks are doing exactly the same thing, I do not think it is meaningful to distinguish between them in that way. To me, the distinction is a control deck's goal is to stop your opponent's actions while slowly chipping away at their life points. And right? What control Sky Striker decks in the last forever has been a that. great example of this, right? To me, mid-range is a deck like Tri-Brigade, which is not setting up some crazy end board with five or six interruptions through the monsters or whatever, right? You're looking at an Opelousa and you're looking at a Revolt. That was all of it, right? In theory, it's really not a crazy end board to break, but because of the lightness of the actual engine, you're playing a lot of non-engine and you're relying on also having non-engine to back your board up to try to follow have the follow through that you should have through your in-engine resource loop a combo deck your goal is to build an unbreakable board that will prevent your opponent from playing and you can end the game with what you have on board now the thing about the combo deck is a lot of the times it doesn't have that follow through now in your example where the drytron just happens to have a ritual in hand sure it might be able to follow through but most of the time it doesn't build that follow through into its game plan its game plan is ending the game immediately with six negates on herald of ultimateness tri brigade searches the follow through within the game plan intentionally it's part of the game plan that's not the game plan with combo the game plan with combo is for there not to be a turn three it doesn't exist that's what makes its boards inherently risky is because Oftentimes, the combo deck is very susceptible to something like a Dark Ruler No More, which blanks the board. It does not have varied levels of interaction, and it does not have the follow-through. So yes, you might see every deck in Yu-Gi-Oh! with a mid-rangey element, but that's because it is the most sustainable deck over the course of 12 rounds of Yu-Gi-Oh! So the builds that you're seeing that are making it through are mid-rangier builds. But that doesn't mean that these other builds of decks don't exist. They're just worse, right? So if you have a deck that's on that spectrum of controls over here, combos over here, mid-range is somewhere in the middle, you don't wanna build the deck at either end. But again, that's the beauty of Yu-Gi-Oh! is your deck building lets you build it somewhere in the middle. So it's survivorship bias. You think everything plays close to mid-range. That's not true. The good stuff plays close to mid-range. All the dog waters over here on the edges, you're just not seeing play. If it's outside of the the limelight of the metagame, though, like how useful is it to have the distinctions between control and combo? I don't think it's very useful. I think if, if, we, if we have a spectrum, why use the rigid terms? Again, Trap Tricks and Altergeist, right? Like, it's it's a lot of the decks have the ability to pivot between those playstyles, right? Picking one of them to describe it is not good. Like, you see people talking all the time about, like, a, like it's like a combo mid-range deck. And I'm like, that's so stupid. Just tell me what the deck does. I Like, I, I disagree with... Um, I don't know. I would, I would prefer... 
if we didn't use those terms. Do you have better terms that you would rather use? Yeah, my terms are, hey, this is what Traptrix Reflesia does. Hey, this is what Pingulica does. Hey, this is what uh, Altergeist Kidoga does. That's, it, it's, it's more useful, I think, to use those terms because when you say mid-range for a deck, Unchained is a mid-range deck, right? Would you, like, Rescue Ace? Probably definably as a, as a, a mid-range mid deck, right? But like Rescue Ace and Unchained do very different things. Um, other like I think Rescue Ace is more of a control deck. It's not trying to have the follow-through to win the game on turn three. It might get its resource loop going, but I don't think Rescue Ace is winning the game on turn three, generally speaking, right? I think mid-range is pretty much solely defined by a resource loop. Like I that's, no, I don't think it is. I think it's defined by follow through, which is, which is indicative <laughs> of a resource loop. But again, look at Tri Brigade. Tri Brigade, if that game goes longer than like three or four turns, it will run out of gas. You will run out of extra deck monsters. You will run out of main deck monsters. You will run out of monsters in your graveyard to banish. It is the epitome of mid range. That game better not go past turn three because it has one follow through. That's it. Yeah, but when the vast majority of games don't extend past that turn, it's like... That means the deck's good. One of their game plans. I'd... It has no I, other game plans. I do not I do not think we are getting anywhere. <laughs> I am, I am living in the future, and you are living in the past. Um, <laughs> I am kidding. Uh, I think I think that was that was it that was an outbound cheap shot. I don't know how that is a that, one. that is a fair. Um, I think it is reasonable to say that we could still use those terms to describe variations in decks. I think you have sold me on that. So I don't want to say that Sword Soul is like a combo deck or Sword Soul is a mid range deck, but that it can be built to lean into either of those aspects. I think that is actually a very reasonable take, and I should think more about that. I think Fluffles the same way. Yeah, like. Fluffle exists closer. It can be built to lean into OTK, in or it's probably combo. Like, my problem is that all of the combo decks have mid-range level recovery, and so that's what difficult. Like, with Fluffle, for example, a lot of the way that you build the boards is like with cross sheep octopus advantage loops, right? When you octopus add back sheep, even though that's just one small interaction, it turns your entire engine back on, right? Sheep bounce the octopus, um, and then revive the chain, link off the chain, go get your patchwork. You literally have everything you could ever want. A lot of the combo decks that exist and a lot of the control decks that exist have that level of recovery. Uh, Altergeist has that now in the form of their trap card and revitalization, as does, uh, there's another deck that banishes a trap card to revive stuff. Uh, trap Tricks with Holotea. Holotea is essentially your entire recovery. Uh, it, like it turns on all of your entire engine again. Uh, when recovery is that strong, combo decks are all mid-range and control decks are all mid-range. So, that's why I don't like the terms. While I see where you're coming from, I think that there's a reasonability to acknowledging a deck's intended playstyle. I think even if Unchained was doing a little bit more with its boards, it would still be mid-rangey. Just like Tri-Brigade is definitively mid-rangey. It's the style of play. It is the... It is the essence of Tri-Brigade, right? Yeah. Now, add in a Lyralisk package, and you have changed the build, and you've also changed the intention, and that's where you get into now. It's combo, but it still doesn't have 
you know, that it's was, lost all of its follow through. That was actually the example I was going to give you. Uh, I, I don't know that I agree that it's lost all of its follow through. It's lost less. I think, I think that follow through discussion is true of the extra deck more than it is from the main deck. I think a lot of combo main decks have those recoveries, but it is true that like I mean, it's still burning your resources yeah, though. You're, like, you're dedicating to an unhealthy degree. You're dedicating the deck space to your multiple copies of Restal Starling to go search your level ones, and then like an Ensemble Blue and uh, the Assembled Nightingale and everything. So, I think that's and this right here. That what you just said is the reason that the Yu-Gi-Oh extra deck space should never go to twenty. It should stay at fifteen forever i think that is a good place to agree you are you are 100 percent correct as somebody who spends a lot of time like wishing that they had 40 extra deck cards in fluffle it is an excellent balancing mechanic that you cannot go above that i'm i'm glad we could reach an, an agreement <laughs> 15 is good perfect it feels it feels like you have room to work but it's still very tight if i have to make a difficult decision in deck building Due to the constraints of the design of the game, that means that it's working. <laughs> I anyway, agree. so with that said, thank you all for listening to this extra, extra long episode extra of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh podcast. Film. We're an hour and twenty. Uh, an hour and I, yeah, I'm not going to look. Hour and twenty minutes deep. <laughs> It's an hour and 20 minutes deep. So with that said, let's go ahead and thank all of our wonderful patrons. A huge thank you to Bring Red Reboot Back to 3, Kane Martin, Zyphros, Big Stinky, Bloys is Best Copium, Ding Dong Sosis of the Yang Zing, Gold Secrets Coming Back When, Konami Got My Ash Beat by Crossout Designator, HGH Cyber, I used to play Rogue, but then my mom got a job, Is Canada Nickelback, John Leal, Mo Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Crystal Place Pendulums, Shisala on My Man Great Till I Gazelle. We talked about this on the Patreon episode. Buddy, I think you could have done better. She sala on my man great till I roar what? or rage, rage or what, there was another one that I said. Oh, she sala on my man great in my sanctuary. Uh, Silver hope, understanding, yep. reading are two different things. Virtually savers world. As anyone read toy vendor, it's kind of like reading Miss Gars, Aaron Gardner, Alexander Chan, Asami, Ashless Chaps, Atsuyo, Sympathy, Silver Castle, Blackwing, Silver in the Senate is the best floodgate. Box wine, come on and get your game on. Duty booty, dragon maidenless behavior. I'm about to I'm about to wreak a glimmer tribute for these plant nuts in your mouth. Oh. I haven't stumbled on that one in forever. Level 4 Fire Warrior Gaming, Lama Yama Cam Sarama, Maxi Pack, Neshi, Old Man Red, Pinko, one for 3 and Slaking It Up. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. Again, the $5 and our patrons here gets an extra video or episode on Patreon every week. You can, uh, if you want uh, to hear me and Skylar talk about Pokemon for 40 minutes. Uh, that was this week's episode so if that interests you just uh, wait until after the first of the month to do it so you don't get double charged uh, so thank you all for your support of the podcast and until next time have a great weekend everyone as a closing note uh, Sonny even though we bicker uh, and we fight and we uh, and we uh, tell each other that we're horribly wrong uh, mostly me mostly I'm the one who does that um, I do think you are very coolia Next time I'm getting a moderator. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.